The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to break down the Chris Jericho 30th Anniversary Celebration Edition of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. But before we get into the shenanigans, Mike, how are you doing? Not too bad. I feel like this segment has become, what in the world can Mike hurt next? (laughs) And boy, guys, do I have a story for you. My old ass slipped getting into the shower the other day. And my right foot slipped forward. My left foot was out of the shower, slid forward, and slammed into the side of the bathtub. And I screamed bloody murder for about, I don't know, a minute straight, two minutes straight. I thought I broke my fucking shin. It hurt so bad. Um, And combine this with my already aching back and my creaky hips. It's time for me to just go into the uh, retirement home. I feel like you need to find a new co-host, Joel, and we can do a retirement match with me so I can put someone over in the future because I feel like I'm on my way out. Look, we just need to get you a walk-in shower and you'll be fine. It's 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 clearly stepping over the tub that did you in. I think I need a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. That sounds miserable. I um. Yeah. I had kind of a weird experience. I was uh, I was riding in the passenger seat of a vehicle going down the highway, windows down because, you know, weather's nice. And uh, something kicked up off the road, came in through the window and hit me in the face. <laughs> what was this? <laughs> Just driving around on 55. Like it, it was, was crazy. Like this week? Yes. Like two what, days what ago. In, what hit you in the face? I have no idea. I couldn't find it afterwards and it didn't like leave a mark or anything. But the weirdest part was it hit the left side of my face, like not the right side, which was nearer to the window. Like it it must have whipped in at an angle like it it was crazy. And uh, I can honestly say I've never had that experience before. And it's not like I was in a convertible or anything. I'm driving around in a pickup truck. And uh, yeah. Just got hit in the face with some debris. So that's cool. Sounds like we both need a bubble, man. Yeah, I mean, maybe. It doesn't sound like a terrible idea. No, no, no. And not only can it protect us from physical ailments, it could protect us from the Rona. Um, And also random flies landing on our heads. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I I hear that's an (laughs) issue. So uh... how you doing, buddy? Other than almost dying from projectiles. I mean, I'm just going to keep it negative here, and uh, I'm annoyed. Uh, there, I may be interrupted at any moment in time because the leasing office for my my place, they're supposed to be coming by to inspect. Uh, so let you in behind the curtain here, folks. We're recording at uh, 20 past four. They were supposed yeah, to baby. come by and inspect at three, and uh, nothing, nothing, not a peep. No knock at the door, no phone call being like, hey, we're not going to make it. Nothing. So we delayed recording, hoping that they would be here so I wouldn't have to deal with this. Um, but I may have to jump up and go like uh, console my cats who are definitely going to freak out as soon as they come by. 
or maybe they just won't come by at all. But uh, joys of, of renting a place instead of owning. So I guess there's today's that. episode is entirely lightning round. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to knock this out in four minutes. Um, no, nah, I'm kidding. So yeah, that, that sucks. It's, it's part of life. It is what it is, I guess. And just always a bummer having to wait on on people like that. So, or companies, really the company's fault. I, they um, probably wouldn't feel as irritated by it, except they specifically said three o'clock. They didn't say like between two and five, you know, which is what I'm accustomed to. Um, and I feel like we could have better planned around something like that. But, you know, they gave a specific time. I expect them to be here or at least, you know, within 30 to 40 minutes of that time. So anyway, it is what it is. Let's get into it. Great show. Lots to talk about. Yep. Let's get to the dynamite that was, buddy. The dynamite that was. And dynamite picked off with a video celebrating Jericho's 30th anniversary. And after that, we got the FTW championship match between Will Hobbs and Brian Cage. Brian Cage got the pinfall victory off the drill claw in that match, which was followed by a promo from Taz trying to once again recruit Will Hobbs, this time through intimidation, threatening that Brian Cage and Ricky Starks would beat him down if he did not join Team Taz. Darby Allen interfered to make the save, and then we got a promo from Lance Archer uh, discussing his upcoming match with John Moxley next week for the AEW Championship. This was followed by a 20-minute brush with greatness for the Hybrid 2, taking on FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championships. FTR retained their titles in what was a very entertaining match. After that, we got another segment of the Bucks super kicking somebody, excuse me, not the Young Bucks, the uh, super aggressive dickheads. Um... (laughs) And uh, then we got a uh, a little segment between FTR and the best friends. And this was followed by what I thought was going to be the main event, the dog collar match between Cody and Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. Cody won back his title from Brody Lee in this brutal and bloody affair. After the match, Orange Cassidy came out to interrupt the celebration of Cody and challenge him for the TNT Championship, to which Cody accepted. Next up, it was announced that there would be three additional competitors in the number one contenders tournament. Those names were announced and Kenny Omega was interviewed backstage. Uh, Hangman Page among the new competitors who were brought up for that tournament. So, some drama building there. Next up was an excellent match between Big Swole and Serena Deeb. Big Swole getting the pinfall victory in that match. Finally, the main event of Dynamite. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager taking on Chaos Project, the team of Luther and Serpentico, uh, to celebrate Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary. Not surprisingly, Chris Jericho got the victory for his team. And after the match, his celebratory promo was interrupted by one MJF, who gave him a very shitty present. And uh, after that, the credits rolled, and we discovered that Chris Jericho was responsible for everything, including 
acting as all the camera operators. Uh, and that's the dynamite that was. Stock up, stock down. All right, first off, it wasn't in our, our rundown, but so fucking funny with the SNL-like ending of Dynamite Tonight with the credits rolling. And when, when I realized everything was Chris Jericho, I fucking died. That was so funny. So freaking funny. <laughs> well, the fact that they started with executive producer kind of made me like, think, okay. like, oh, that's kind of cool. Jericho produced this episode of Dynamite, and they wanted to give him credit for that. That's neat. And then it kept scrolling and there's his name like all over everything. And it, it, the funniest one to me was the camera operators. And it was like camera number one and it went all the way through like camera number nine. And they were all Chris Jericho. That's hilarious. Uh, also, a little behind the scenes on that. I follow uh, Mikey Ruckus on Twitter, who does all the music for AEW. And he apparently found out about that late Tuesday night and put the music together first thing Wednesday morning. So it was, you know, really, really quickly done. And the fact that it came off so well is just awesome. And I love this company and I love that they don't take things too seriously. And uh, it was great. Yeah. If this is the type of goofy humor that Jericho is going to do, I'm all for it. The goofy stuff with him is great. I, I guarantee that was his idea. <laughs> like, let's just make everything mine on the credits. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I I was a little concerned that Jericho was head of catering because he's been a little lackadaisical with his mass takes, uh, looking at you, Sturgis. Um, so hopefully they get someone else to handle the food prep. But Joel, what do you think of this Jericho 30th anniversary theme throughout the show um, overall? I thought it was fun. Um, I, I thought the the celebrity videos were, you know, a mixed bag. Some of them were really good uh, and like clearly knew a little bit about what they were talking about. And then some of them were like, whoa, 30 years. I had no idea you've been doing it this long, which is, you know, I guess not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh there was a there was a bunch of people who said that and then like i think there was one who's like oh he he wrestles too oh okay like it's just it, it was weird but i i love the the you know the wrestling centric ones we talked about lance storm last week it was nice seeing him don Callis made an appearance uh in these videos uh tanahashi um who else ultimate dragon bully ray you know, guys that you know that he's worked with before and where obviously a lot of the other wrestling company people could not be involved, but I'm sure they were well wishes all around. So, yeah, who um, did you yeah, pop I, hardest for out of out of the um, it probably it probably was Tanahashi just because of uh, how much Jericho has talked about, like loving working with Tanahashi and uh, just the the rumor mill of everything AEW and JPW right now. So that one definitely got me going a bit. Um, and then Ultimo Dragon, that's just a flashback to my childhood, man. Fucking yeah, Ultimo, remember seeing Ultimo Dragon. That was yeah. so unexpected and so cool. And I always forget that he and Jericho have like a long history from mm -hmm. when Jericho was in Mexico and WCW, you know, WCW yeah. as well. So that was really cool. And, and then the, uh, the Don Callis one was pretty interesting just because of his position with impact. Um, was kind of, kind of curious that that was, uh, that he was able to 
to provide that. So that was yeah, cool too. I thought that was interesting too. And I think and maybe this is a bigger topic for a different episode, but like Don Callis was very instrumental in Chris Jericho leaving WWE. So I thought it was neat that he was there because I don't think that really gets talked about very much. Um, but he he was a big part of that. Yeah, and Jericho's talked before about how before AEW was a thing, he almost signed with Impact to basically do what he's doing with AEW for Impact. So, you know, th- that was a really close reality for Jericho. So um, my only real complaint with this is that it just, I, I get when you have a theme like this, it needs to pay off in the last segment. But man, I was really surprised that they didn't put the dog collar match at the end of the show. And I know that 10 p.m., no, sorry, that 9 p.m. second hour start can be usually can sometimes be the highest rated segment of the evening. Um, same thing with Raw and SmackDown, the top of the second hour um, always, always does well. So maybe that was their logic. But man, this blood feud between Cody and Brody Lee, it felt like it should have been main event. Uh, material and then the setup of Orange Cassidy Cody next week would have been a great way to end the show. So I think that's my only real complaint of the whole uh, Jericho 30th anniversary. I thought the match with uh, Chaos Project was fun. Luther definitely brought it, and Serpentico is amazing. Um, and then even like the the MJF stuff. You know, there's a huge announcement next week from MJF, and he wants Jericho there. Is this the start of a? partnership is the start of a new feud we'll we'll see so overall pretty good just didn't like the placement on the show yeah i i agree i think um you know from a television production perspective the three most important segments are the opening segment the closing segment and the crossover and depending on who you talk to uh that crossover segment can be viewed as the single most important. So it does kind of make sense to put that dog collar match there, but within the context of a wrestling program and what's the main event, I mean, that was the main event of the show. And and why don't we talk about that next? Because I know we both had that as a huge stock up. Uh, This match was brutal right out of the (laughs) gate. I mean, John Silver got bloody within like the first 30 seconds. So you know, it was it was a violent affair throughout. And I was honestly kind of surprised that that Cody won and got the belt back because I, I was liking Brody Lee as champion. And, you know, he had been putting on such good matches. And it was just interesting that they made that decision to what, six weeks later, uh, seven weeks later, put the belt back on him. What did you think? I- I mean, it, it, it basically shows that this was a transitional kind of temporary championship reign. They knew Cody was leaving. He needed to go away, film the show, uh, you know, maybe take a little break. Cause he had been working basically nonstop since last fall. So, um, it is what it is. You see this in wrestling all the time, uh, belts trade back and forth. We, we don't really see that. Like this might be one of the faster, uh, like when this might be the shortest reign of any AEW championship in the company so far is Brody Lee's TNT championship reign. I think that's um, true. And we also, by Cody winning, we got the first repeat champion in yeah. AEW history. So first ever two time champ is Cody. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, 
we're so accustomed with how AEW's product is with only having four real pay-per-views a year. Like they don't switch belts willy nilly. So it definitely was shocking. I was all, I was, would be a hundred percent sure that Brody Lee was going to retain that belt and keep this, uh, championship reign going. So it was shocking. And, you know, I, we talked, I talked about last week, how I was a little disappointed with how Cody handled the promo last week, a little too, uh, cut, you know, uh, baby faces, you know, when he's been kind of teasing this kind of tweener middle ground type thing and uh, putting the belt right back on him kind of seems, you know, weird concerning where everything was going leading up to him losing the title and everything we've seen since he lost the title. So a um, little disappointed because I was, I was hoping this would go in a different route. Um, now I, I'm not going to lie. I am looking forward to orange Cassidy and Cody. And I think there's a, good, good chance Cody could be one and done here as a way to get the belt onto Cassidy and allow this Brody, you know, Dark Order, Nightmare Family feud to continue without having the belt involved. So, um, yeah, a little mixed, little mixed emotions on this. I thought the match was fantastic. Um, I always get nervous with maps with uh, matches with ropes or chains involved, especially when they're connected to each other, because, man, like that suicide dive through the ring. Like if he doesn't get that chain through the ropes, like he could freaking like whiplash himself. So always like a legit dangerous match. Yeah. I got nervous when the padding around the collar, like on the inside started to come off for Cody. Cause the way they had it set up was there was like a, a, a band underneath the actual collar that was providing additional neck support, I think to protect from exactly what you're talking about. And then seeing, you know, that start to come unraveled. And then it's not like you can stop the match and be like, Oh wait, we have to fix this. Got to be safe. And this incredibly dangerous match that we've been putting over is incredibly dangerous. You know? So that made me a little nervous because I wasn't sure, like, it, is this going to be, okay, this is very dangerous. And we know that Cody's not going to stop. Like he's going to go all out all the time. And, you know, we just kind of have to hope that it's okay. Yeah, definitely. And I think this match and our, the kind of the string of hardcore matches that we have seen the AEW, I think this is what the TV 14 rating allows the companies to do. Everyone's like, Oh, I want the attitude era. I want the attitude era. And like, all the profanity and sex and toilet humor, like that wasn't, wasn't what I missed most from the attitude era. I missed stuff like this. So being able to dip their toes and be able to do this on free TV. Fuck man. We've had this match. We had the parking lot brawl, which was insane. Uh, God, we have, we've had still cage matches, on, a still cage match on free TV. Um, and these more violent, more mature, matches i think are is what's setting what's one of the one of the big differences between uh aew and the other wrestling company right now because when they want to go extreme they can and it's not like remember the pg hardcore matches was like oh they're gonna get hit with a weapon a few times like they all felt the same and these hardcore matches in aew or these gimmick matches feel way different i agree and honestly like I don't pine for the attitude era at all. I'm of the opinion that the quality of the product during the attitude era was tremendously overinflated 
by the talent that was in the company. Like, I don't think it's what they were doing that was particularly good. The things that they were saying or the angles, like if you were to strip all the names out of a lot of the storylines and plots that were going on and replace them with current talent and be like, oh, you know, uh, the young bucks are going to be in the ring with a female wrestler and they're all going to be carrying sausages and they're going to talk about who has the biggest sausage of, of the three people. Like that sounds like a terrible segment and not a segment that I'm interested in seeing at all. And, you know, that's one of the most celebrated segments of the attitude era is DX and China in the ring. And it, it's just, it's crass and uncreative you know, it's just, it's just not that good, but the performers were so good on the mic that they carried a lot of bullshit. So, you know, let's not bring back the attitude era, but let's take advantage of the flexibility that a particular rating gives you. I completely agree. Yeah, for sure. Any other comments on this uh, match, Joel, before we uh, move right along here? No, let's, let's move on. There was another title match that took place on this card, and that was in the tag team division between FTR and the Hybrid 2. And, Mike, I felt like this was really the first showcase that we got uh, of the Hybrid 2 and what they're really capable of as a tag team since they came to AEW. Uh, and, and I think they acquitted themselves very, very well in this match. And in particular on Helico, it just impresses the heck out of me every time I see him in a wrestling ring. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, they had a couple matches early on when the company started last fall, but it definitely has felt like a while since they have uh, been featured. And I'm sure it had something to do with uh, possibly COVID related, you know, lack of the ability to travel, but... Um, Actually, I can... Um... I can fill you in on that. Jack Evans has been rehabbing an injury. So oh, okay. there we that's go. one of the reasons why Angelico has been having singles matches. I believe he had a fractured cheekbone. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and, and I'll say this, man. Uh, Angelico, like, he, he's like the Diet Coke version of, like, Zack Sabre Jr. Like, like he, some of the stuff he was pulling in this match just was fucking fantastic the transitions and the double submission on FTR, I thought was just really impressive. And the way that he kind of like slithers in and out of these moves, it's super smooth. And I don't think anyone in AEW right now can touch him from like a technical standpoint. Um, and I think the combination with Jack Evans, who can flippy fly all over the ring everywhere, you know, high impact stuff. I think, I think it's a, it's a great combination I, I really just want to see more story development, character development from them because I don't I can't recall them talking on the mic at all since they've since AEW started. So if they're gonna give them a focus and allow them to be a, a a part of this tag team division, let's let's see who they are. Like I feel the same way about the best friends now. Uh, sorry, Hybrid Two now, like I did with the best friends in maybe like mid February. Like we've seen a little stuff from them. They're good in the ring. We've seen some of their, some slight character work, but I was like, I need to see more from them. I need to take them seriously. And now they're one of the hottest teams in all of tag team wrestling. They're the number one contenders and night and day, just different from where they were six, seven months ago. So 
if this could be the start for the hybrid two to kind of start that development, then it should be a, a fun, you know, three to six months for these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm excited to see it. And I'd like to see like more emphasis put, I mean, once they start winning matches, I'd like to see them winning through submission and really put that over because you, not only is Angelico the most effective technical wrestler, wrestler on the roster, he's also really the only submission specialist. And I think that would be a really good angle and a good way to elevate him and create kind of a niche for him on the roster. So I'd like to see more of that being um, emphasized. Yeah, it's the same. Like it's the same thing Zack Saber Jr. does. He, you know, oh man, this is going to be some crazy map based stuff. Same thing with Kurt Angle early in his run. You knew you were going to get the best technical wrestler there. So if they position him that way and kind of position his like badassery in that department, I'm all for it. And also, uh, I know that I obviously I don't watch Dark as much as you, and I know they've been on Dark quite a bit recently. But I just love the fact that he's not wearing the full body suit anymore. Yeah. I always thought that looked goofy and he looks way more badass with the 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 pants and then the arm sleeves. Like he just looks more intimidating because he is a specimen. He's a physical specimen. And I think in this company, you don't see a lot of people who look like in Helico. Um, so just highlight the abs, man. I gotta do some laundry and I need your washboard. So like I think I think it's a good look for him. And yeah, see where these guys go. FTR obviously put in great work again. Uh, fantastic team. Um, still don't know where this story is with the Young Bucks and who I'm going to cheer for in that. You know, FTR versus super aggressive dickheads. Also, SAG is a great acronym. So let's let's keep it going. We're just going to call them the SAGs. Yeah, it's better than I think we were calling them the very aggressive dickheads before. And uh I don't like super kind of fits in with that. Yeah. Oh, super, yeah. super works better. Yeah. Oh, now that you're talking about the acronym. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> that one went over my head a little bit. So, yeah, super aggressive dickheads. That's better. <laughs> I'm I'm tired today, man. Um, <laughs> what let me let me ask you this of uh, obviously we've been harping on a helico. What do you think his potential is? Uh, obviously, you know. He's a tag team wrestler right now. And thank you, Kenny, for giving us that designation. But what do you think his ceiling is as a singles performer? I mean, like you said, we need to hear him on the mic a bit. Um, he was someone who, you know, my my main exposure to him was in Lucha Underground. And Son of Havoc and Ivelisse did all of the talking for, for their little group. So I don't really know what he's like on the microphone. If he has a South African accent, that would be super cool because South African accents are cool. Uh, but in terms of his wrestling ability, I mean, you know, he could he could definitely hold any championship. He, you know, certainly has what it takes to be a tag team champion. And Jack Evans can talk, so uh, no worries there. Uh, in terms of singles, I mean. I think he could, especially if they put over the Zack Sabre Jr.-esque character there. And one of the things about ZSJ is that when you go into a match with him, it's it's storytelling for what your next match is too. Because even if you win, 
you're going to come out of it with some tortured limbs and that residual damage can impact you moving forward. And I think that's something that needs to be put over a little bit with Angelico if they decide to make him a bigger player on the roster. Yeah, I, I agree. And you mentioned you mentioned Son of Havoc, man, Matt Cross. I Can we get him? In AEW, <laughs> like I, I saw him most recently in NWA. So yeah, you know I don't know what he's up to. He was in, I think, one of the battle royals super early on. Yeah, he was in. He was in All In. Uh, I believe he had a match at All In. Um, yeah, yeah, he fought MJF at All In. If you remember that, it's been a long time. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. We didn't we didn't watch that one live. We watched that one like a year later. So, um. Cool. Anything else about this tag match before we move on to lightning rounds? Uh, not on the tag match, but you posed a question. I want to pose a quick question. And this was something oh, that okay, occurred to okay. me on Tuesday when I was watching Dark. And I don't, I'm not sure that I know the answer to this question. And uh, my question is, who's the measuring stick in AEW? In, in the other wrestling company, we always would compare people to Randy Orton. And so it's like, yeah, they're they're really good, but I need to see them standing next to Randy Orton. And this was something that I think we stole from David Shoemaker. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm not sure who that person is, because obviously the are, scale... Are we talking from... Are we talking from like a size standpoint? Like you must be... You must look good standing next to this person? Yeah. Or are we really talking about like, I'm going to compare you to this guy as a wrestler and a performer? Uh, the, the first one, because I think the, the whole idea of comparing people to Randy Orton is I need to see if you look legitimate enough next to this person to hold the main belt, to be the face of the company. And, I, and I so think that's pretty I, easy, dude. I think it's a pretty easy answer. I think it's Cody. That's kind of what I was leaning towards as well. Yeah. And I thought, you know, am I just thinking that because he is the face of the company? Cause I, I, I don't feel like Randy Orton was ever the face of the other wrestling company. No, no, but uh, but Randy's he's definitely the measuring always, stick. Yeah, he was he he was probably the most consistent. Um he, he's the good hand that you could throw in a match and know, okay, if he if he cares, this feud's gonna be good, this match is gonna be good. I feel like Cody's the same way. We know Cody's always gonna have a good match. He's got good size. And we always, I, I talk about a lot how I like the fact that Cody, depending on his opponent, can wrestle two separate styles. He can wrestle from a size standpoint, like his matches with Jungle Boy or like we'll see with Orange Cassie next week, but you know he he will play the bigger role there. But then you see him fight these bigger guys, Lance Archer, uh, Brody Lee, and if you're bigger than Cody, I consider you a giant or a hoss in AEW. And if you're smaller than Cody, I consider you a more nimble, agile, cruiserweight esque style, X division style wrestler. I think it's Cody. I don't think that's a hard question at all. I think Cody or Moxley because they're similar in build. I think you can make a case for Moxley too. Yeah, those that those two names and Kenny Omega were the the people that I came up with. Um, but I think I think given that Cody was kind of the first name to jump to both of our minds, I think that's kind of where we go moving forward. So I guess in order to to think about Angelico's ceiling, I need to see him in the ring with Cody. If hey, if he's bringing back the open title shot, oh man, I would kill for that match. Okay, Cody and Helico, and I think. Uh, the reason, another reason I focused on Cody is there's only two wrestlers right now who are doing the, I'm going to work with a lot of young guys. I'm going to put a lot of people over and that's, that's Cody and Jericho. Those are the two guys working with like 
the most wide array of talent in the company over the last six, seven, eight months. So yeah. And Jericho's too, too squishy now. He has too much bubbly. <laughs> good question though. I, I like a good challenge like that. So you ready for lightning round? Let's do it. Lightning round. So I don't know that there's going to be a ton to talk about because we've, we've hit on a lot of things. But one thing that I have to talk about is my dude, Willie Hobbs. Uh, I was man, so yeah. excited to see him not only in the FTW championship match and out there with Brian Cage, but kicking off the show. And man, what an impressive showing. Uh, th- I got so drawn into this match that I briefly thought there was a chance that Hobbs was going to win. Uh, and I know I'm blinded by my love of Will Hobbs, <laughs> but I really enjoyed this. I thought in particular, his spine buster, as always, looked pristine. Mm-hmm. But I was also really impressed with his flying shoulder block. It, you know, he got kind of horizontal in a way that most people don't. And it almost looked like a spear to the head. And uh, I was very impressed. Yeah, this was an excellent showing from Will Hobbs. Uh Give me, give me the, this pairing multiple times. Like it's going to, it's, it's great. This is, we always talk about the Brian Cage Haas fights, like where he just fights other super athletic dudes. And this felt like some of the stuff I've seen from Brian Cage on the Indies because neither guy should be able to do what they were doing. If we're being honest, because they're just so freaking big. Um, yeah. Loved it. And my, I was, I, I want to add something here. I really I really wanted Willie Hobbs to attack Darby there when he came out, like the way the cameras were working and how Will Hobbs was always behind uh, Darby at an angle, wherever the camera looked. I thought, man, he's going to blow him up and he's going to join team Taz. I would have lost my mind. I was really wanting that to happen. Yeah. I think going back to last week, you know, we need baby faces. So the the time's not right, but, Man, when the time is right, Will Hobbs is a heel with that sneer. Oh, yep. give me that. Yeah. Uh, what I want to talk about in Lightning Round is that Kenny Omega interview where <laughs> Marvez brought up that Hangman Page was in the tournament. And then he's like, it doesn't bother me that Hangman Page is in the tournament. And then he would always go back, throw anyone at me. I don't care if they are singles wrestlers or a tag team wrestler like Adam Page. Then he said some other things or a cowboy like Adam page. I'm going to be the man, the champion hangman, Adam page or not. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, someone's on your mind there, dude. And I loved him using a tag team wrestler as an insult. Like you're in a class below me. You're in a different uh, level than me. And I don't see how I don't see any other way. This tournament ends. That isn't hangman page, Kenny Omega in the finals. I mean, I'm I'm down to see it. If that's how we get those two squaring off, then you know, let's make it happen. Uh, I'm curious how the Bucks are going to feel about Kenny uh-huh, yep. using tag team wrestler as you know an appellation. So, um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Just really good stuff from Kenny. And man, he he is a good heel interview when he when he is trying. Um, and man, this tournament field, let's talk about that real quick, dude. Your boy Wardlow. Get yes. God. He made the dance Cinderella story in the making. 
Uh, so this week we got Wardlow, uh, Colt Cabana, and Hangman Page added to the existing Ray Phoenix, Kenny Omega. Who else am I missing? Because um, there's six so far. I want to <laughs> say Evil Uno is in it, or Stu Grayson. Somebody from somebody else from the Dark Order, I think. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. Oh, yeah, of course. Jungle Boy. Yeah. Um, so two names left to be announced. I kind of hope those are maybe surprise, maybe outside of the company guys. Um, made a way to introduce an A debut, maybe Miro, maybe um, uh, Kip Sabian. So we'll see. But so far, really nice tournament field. And I'm curious to see. I, I, I noticed MJF wasn't, hasn't been announced yet. So I wonder if this thing with Jericho is what they have planned for MJF throughout the fall. So we'll have to see. Uh, any other items in lightning round? I know we covered most things. Uh, I do want to talk about the match between Big Swole and Serena Deeb and really just give a shout out to Serena Deeb in this spot because she, her impact is immediately being felt. Uh, she is so quick in the ring and she just makes whoever she's out there with look so much better. And Big Swole is no slouch. She's a very good wrestler and someone who I'm very high on. Uh, but I feel like the the dance card has been a little bit short in the women's division and adding someone like Serena Deeb who can go out there and have a great match with every single noteworthy woman on the roster is going to help uh, with that mix of bringing in more matches, bringing in more opportunities. And uh, she's great. So very excited to have her on board. And I'm sure behind the scenes that she's going to make a big difference as well as a veteran who can help out with bringing the younger talent along because there's a lot of very good young talent in this women's division. So uh, we may be a few years out from what the the golden era of women's wrestling in AEW is going to be, but Serena Deeb is someone who can help us get there. Yeah. I always, I always think that she's much older than she is just because she's been in my wrestling consciousness for so long. She's only 34 which means she did that straight edge society work when she was only in her early, like early mid twenties. So definitely has a lot left on the table. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she kind of slides into a agent, you know, match producer type role with, uh, within the division itself. Cause she definitely has a lot of talent. And honestly, I didn't realize how much work she had been doing outside once, you know, obviously she left WWE, but it's not like she's just been chilling. Like she's been putting in the work and she just like her look is incredible too. Like I, she did not look this good. And I'm not talking from like an attractiveness perspective, but from like a physicality standpoint and wrestling standpoint, she didn't look that good when she was with uh WWE in her first run. So, um, yeah, glad, glad she's around. And, uh, my, my only real complaint with the women's division is that we're going into the anniversary show. And it looks like every title, but the women's title is going to be on the line. Yeah. I wonder if there's something going on with the availability of Hikaru Shida, because we haven't seen her in a while. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll uh, learn something, uh, soon. But she just also hasn't really, yeah, she hasn't been featured. She hasn't been working. And like, if, if you're going to have her not be on the show, like get the belt on someone else then. So, um, like I, I was hoping for at least something with Thunder Rosa, maybe for next week, but yeah, nothing. And remember on the first 
AEW television show. Isn't that when they crowned the women's uh, women's champion last year? Uh, I think that's correct. Yeah, so it'd be a damn shame if there's very little women's presence on their anniversary show. So just my thought. Agreed. Do you have anything else for All lightning right. round? Uh, I think I think I'm good. Do you have a random observation for me? I do have a random observation this week. Joe's random observation of the week. So we mentioned that uh, there were a number of little celebrity cameos, all congratulating Chris Jericho on his career. And, uh, you know, we talked about the ones that we were excited about. Uh, One that stood out to me for a different reason was Lars Ulrich, the drummer of Metallica. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And I found that interesting because, like, he's the biggest dickhead of the band. (laughs) James Hetfield seems pretty cool. Kirk Hammett seems pretty cool. But Lars has this reputation just for being a total a-hole. And... uh, (laughs) I just thought it was funny that he was the person out of the band that was was there to to give a shout out. And uh, I also felt like his was super generic. Uh, So it it didn't do anything for me. Uh, But, you know, still cool. Like, it's it's neat that Chris Jericho has all these famous friends from from touring around and playing concerts around the world. Um, He's a legit rock star in addition to, you know, everything else that he does. Uh, But I just found that one kind of funny. And uh, yeah, not a Lars Ulrich fan. <laughs> well, fun fact, uh, I go to these Salesforce uh, conferences every year, every year. And in 2018, I saw Metallica play with a bunch of Salesforce nerds uh, right outside San Francisco's town hall. And they were pretty sweet. I didn't know their music as much, but uh, and also I, I like to troll my friends who are Metallica fans by saying St. Anger is my favorite Metallica album. So to my buddies, St. Anger rules. And on that note, <laughs> I'm going to get so many texts tomorrow from, I'm going to, cause I'm going to send this to all my friends who like Metallica. I'm like, you should listen. Um, but anywho, um, you can find us at Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show You can find us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod you can find Joel at the other Joel. You can find me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can find us on, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a podcast. If you're on the Android network like me, you can find us on pretty much all of the podcasting apps on Google Play. Um, you can email us at theotherwrestlingshow at gmail.com and give us a like, give us a subscription. Uh, yeah, please subscribe, give us a review. Uh, that helps get the word out, gets people to see our show. Uh, and yeah, we'll look, f- keep interacting with us. I see a lot of people chatting with us during our live tweeting and stuff like that. So it's f- fun way to, to watch dynamite and uh, yeah, Joel, anything else before I go to the pumpkin light jack-o'-lantern spectacular down in Rhode Island tonight? Well, for the first time in weeks, it, uh, it doesn't feel like a great time to join the dark order. No, no, it doesn't. Um, oh yeah. Go vote people. Remember everybody life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.